Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Believe, B-L-E-A-V and Lions, right here on the Believe Podcasting Network. You know what that is. That's Detroit's number one sports podcasting network. It's a show we believe in the Detroit Lions, and by the end of this episode, so will you. I appreciate you joining me again this week. We come to you every Thursday, bright and early here on the Believe Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Derek Gokri, here for Believe in Lions, and we got a lot to talk about today. So... Before I get to that, I mean, I hope everybody had a great 4th of July. I mean, it's a great holiday. There's no doubt about it. Early July, it's great weather. You get to get the grill out. You got some family, some time off work. I mean, it's tremendous. I'm a big grill guy, I got to admit. So I hope a lot of you out there went out and got yourself the finest steaks. You got yourself some really good hamburgers, some brats, um, and, and fired up that grill. I'm a... I'm a propane grill type guy. I know there's a lot of people out there that are charcoal or you got all these different kinds of the big green egg and, you know, I've seen just so many different grill types here in the last few years, but I keep it pretty simple, man. Just a really good, nice propane grill out on the uh, the back porch there and, and fire it up and, like I said, put anything on there from, from steaks to brats to burgers to chicken. Uh, veggies, you know, all types of things you could put on the grill and make it good. So hopefully everybody did that, had some fun. Um, Everybody knows my family, we like to compete in a lot of things. So we always get out, have some food, some time, but also uh, love to play uh, different games against each other. And our favorite is washers. If you don't know what washers is, wooden box, got a little uh, cylinder there in the middle, throwing these heavy washers, almost like a game of horseshoes, but uh, gets real competitive in our family. We had a bunch of fun with that as well. So hopefully everybody had a great holiday. We're back here talking Lions football today. And on this show... I think what I'm going to do is this show is proudly brought to you by betonline.ag. You know they've been a sponsor since day one. Really appreciate them. You'll hear more about them here in a moment. But uh, I thought I'd just give you not the Vegas, not like the actual you know numbers that are out there right now. I might give you my own personal kind of over-unders or maybe some either-ors today on the show where we'll uh, give you my thoughts on if somebody will over-under certain numbers, maybe if I pick this or that. We'll do a whole bunch of that here on the show. But before we get to it, we got to get betonline.ag, our great sponsor in here. So everybody will take a quick pause, get them in here. We'll come right back talking Lions football. We'll be right back. What's going on, Believe in Lions listeners? Now, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head on over to their website, betonline.ag. 
or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, everybody, we're back from the break. I always say it, but I can't thank you enough for listening to our sponsors. I can't thank you enough for listening to the show. You can hit the subscribe button on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Um, I know, you know, the I believe Podcast Network, they also just kind of partnered up with Amazon Music, I believe. So I know I was uh, actually on the 4th of July holiday and I got a couple uh, notifications on my phone that said, uh, hey, Amazon Music, check out Believe in Lions. Uh, and it gave the title of the show and you click the link, it took you right to it on that. So I know Amazon Music is a big old growing platform as well these days and really proud to be on that. And like I say, I'm just a guy that loves football. I love coming on here. I got to do some great shows with Benny Blades. Lions legendary safety and right now and for the foreseeable future I love going solo and just talking Lions football here and you can also find me on my other podcast it's called the Detroit Kool-Aid cast where I serve up that Detroit Kool-Aid talk Lions football make you laugh that's twice a week as well find that on your favorite podcast platform wherever you listen so really appreciate all that so without further ado let's get into this let's talk about some over-unders here on the show and like I said, normally, you know, you, you, you get you go visit betonline.ag, look at it, you get the actual numbers. These were just things I came up with um, that I thought were legit things to not only discuss and give you my opinion, but kind of fun things to look at as we're still about a month away from training camp here in the off season. So over or under, let's start with our first one here, 30 touchdowns for Jared Goff and I know some of you out there be like, 30 touchdowns? That's a that's a big-time number. Well, the reason I came up with that is because Aaron Rodgers won the MVP last year. He's a smug, you know what? He had 48 touchdowns, five INTs last year. You know, I was pretty surprised when you look at a lot of the good quarterbacks out there that are actually, like, highly regarded. It seems like the number has been, you know, Lower than I would have expected because you always see the shine on the guys, you know, the Pat Mahomes throwing 50 touchdowns or, you know, Peyton Manning had those big years and whatnot. But a really good year for an NFL quarterback is like, you know, those the the upper 30s, low 40s, you know, that's big time. A lot of the, you know, mid to upper tier quarterbacks are going to be anywhere from like 28 up to like 35-ish, you know, and... I was just surprised to see how many people were in like the 20 and 10 club, you know, 28 and 10 or 28 TDs, 10 picks type of category. So I don't know. I just set that 30 touchdowns for Jared Goff thinking like, man, if he put up 30 TDs, that'd be a big time year from him here in year one. And if he goes below it, that's what most people are expecting. So if I had to go over under 30 for, for Goff, number 16, the new Lions quarterback, the leader of the Detroit Lions here heading into 2021 with his new squad, I'm going to have to go under 30. I really am. I think that he's going to be fun to watch. I think there's going to be times where you totally forget about Matt Stafford because Jared Goff's going to have a really clean pocket and he's going to be able to just find his receivers put some really nice throws on people both underneath and in the deep passing game but there's also going to be struggles you know there's going to be times where there's just not enough talent not enough speed you know defense is still a wild card so 
I just don't think he'll be able to get to that 30 plateau. But what I'd like from Jared Goff is just to protect the football, both INTs and fumbles. You know, give me 25, uh, give me 25, 25 plus, whatever it is, like, and, and limit the turnovers. I, th- I think that'd be a successful year because he's going to have to get the ball in the end zone. It's just, you know, when you break it down, I don't even know. It's just those numbers just seem so crazy to me. You know, they just don't seem like what you think. And now we're adding a 17 game. Kind of forgot about that as well. You would think, you know, with 17 games, 30 is is you know less than two a game there i mean even 30 yeah it's it's only on an average of two a game and i'm thinking jared goff's gonna have some of those three four touchdown games and i think yeah you'll see the the one or the zeros when you don't want them but i think the guy could definitely average two per you know over the over the season or a little bit less than that so maybe 30 is a little bit more easy to attain now that there's 17 football games but I'm just going to go under to be a little conservative on that until I kind of see what he's got. I see what these receivers got. I see um, type of speed they have. I want to see what Swizzle does in the backfield. I want to see if Jamal Williams is all he's cracked up to be because, man, he's talking some crazy noise about doing some big things. And I liked him coming out in college, but his years in Green Bay, he was just kind of an afterthought to me after his first little bit. I mean, yeah, he'd have a couple games, couple plays, find the end zone or whatever, but wasn't a dynamic running back the way they used him and will he just take that big leap here in Detroit I sure hope so but I'm gonna go under 30 touchdowns for Jared Goff I'm definitely rooting for the guy I'm very excited to have him as the quarterback nothing against Matt Stafford I hope he does well but uh go under 30 but a good year I'm expecting a good quality year from Jared Goff better than expected but not you know spectacular knock your socks off type of thing the next over-under I had is 1,000 yards for Swift. And I know I've done this in the past on other shows and whatnot. It's kind of like, is it 1,000 rushing and is 1,000 rushing and receiving? I mean, to me, 1,000 yards has always been, you know, not the greatest milestone. You know, it's it's 60 yards a game and it's, you know, you're, you're almost saying that they're going to have no big games in there if, if you're just setting it at that number. I mean, a, a game of 150 or 200 brings that number even down. Yeah, you got to stay healthy, obviously. Yes, you have to get the football. But a 1,000 yards rushing, especially for, you know, the type of way the game is played today, you would think would be a bit easier. But there's usually only a certain select few that get it in the game. So... The Lions haven't had it in I don't know how long. They couldn't even get a 100-yard rusher in I don't know how long. I do love this new O-line. I do love DeAndre Swift as a talent. One thing people forget about Swift, this dude, even though he was taken in the first couple picks of the second round, before that draft started, he he was the number one running back. Nobody really had Clyde Edwards-Elair up above him. You know, you know, nobody had some of these other running backs that are getting all this clout, like Cam Akers and people nowadays. Nobody, everybody was talking about DeAndre Swift as the guy. And he played great last year, finding the end zone and making plays when he was out there. And just was not featured. And also, when he was, he looked like he belonged from day one. So... Don't forget about this kid's pedigree coming out of high school, going to Georgia, being in that backfield that has four or five running backs, and he still looked like the best guy out there. Yeah, he he had his little dips in college as well as his injuries. There's no question. But if 
this guy can stay healthy, I guess I'll I'll split the difference here and say yes. I think DeAndre Swift will go over a thousand yards running and receiving combined. I think that there's a good chance that he could find that on the ground. As far as you know, receiving goes, I would much. I would like it more if he was more dynamic in the receiving game rather than rushing. And I know that sounds weird, but it's like if Jamal Williams is what he's looking to be, give Jamal Williams some more of those running yards and give them more of the receiving plays and and and, and data points to DeAndre Swift. Because would I love Swift to break that thousand going for like 700 in the air and then like 500, 600 yards on the ground and having a really nice year where he's up in the 12, 1300 all purpose. That's what I would like more, but I just, the guy is so silky running, but I just think he'd be even more nasty if you get him out, get him the football with a little space and let him use his shiftiness and that speed that he has because the guy's got some juice. There's no doubt. So I'm going to go over combined. And I'm going to go under just rushing a 1,000 because I don't want him to rush a 1,000. I want him to catch more than he runs and uh, and put up those dynamic numbers doing it. Uh, receiving greater than rushing, but we'll see how the Lions use him. I'll be really curious. So next one I got over under is 8.5 touchdowns, 8 and a hook for TJ Hawkinson. Now, this is always what Vegas or all these gambling sites, again, I'm not really a gambling guy, but I do like kind of projecting forward, especially for fantasy football or for, you know, arguing with your buddies. And they always throw a hook on there. So he can't get eight. He's got to get nine to be able to get over this number here. Gosh, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 touchdowns. That's big time numbers for a tight end. But I'm going to give it to Mr. Hawkinson. I mean, recently the heavyweight champion of the world for the uh, tight end university down there with George Kittle and company. Um, The guy looks in shape. He looks motivated. He's got the personality. Lions don't have a ton of other options. He'll probably be a lot more featured than he was in the past. I don't see why he can't find the end zone. Nine plus times here in 2021. That'd be exciting because, you know, he's – he comes across as a silky, nice route runner and a guy that if you can hit him in stride, he can get going. But i just love to see him dominate in the red zone. I really would. Just every time you come in the red zone, it's like, man, look out for Hawkinson. Next thing you know, he runs an option route on a linebacker and he's in the end zone. And then they come down you know, four or five possessions later, deep in the end of the game, need a score, bam, throw it up to Hawkinson, the back corner, touchdown. You know, like have some of those games where you put two in the paint, you know, you're consistently getting featured in the, in the you know, 10 inside the 20. That, that's what I want from him. So, yeah, I'm going to give him over eight and a hook for touchdowns. TJ Hawkinson, big year for him. He's really big. Uh, number four tight end in fantasy football and uh, really set up to have a big-time year this year. And I think he, he's got all the talent. He's just kind of exactly as much as people love Kittle and Kelsey. Just look at Hawkinson on paper now that I've seen him a bit. I think he's got similar route running abilities. He's tough. He's uh, he, he's not going to blow you away where he's just going to run run away from you, but I think it doesn't matter. He's just hard, really hard to cover and is going to be putting up big-time numbers for the Lions. So I cannot wait to see it, no doubt about it. All right, let's keep this thing rolling. I got my next over-under is... 
5.5, five and a hook sacks for Levi Onzerike, which is AKA Big Denim. Oh, baby. You know who he is. I dubbed him Big Denim. Nobody else. I don't know that the nickname is caught on yet with other publications, but it works here on the show. There's no question. And, man, 5.5 sacks is big time for a rookie. That would that would be huge. I mean, this kid was taken high in the second round. The Lions do seem to love him. He's another wild card for me. I just want to see him out on the field. He could be really disruptive. And, like, man, every game I got this guy circled as a guy that I'm looking to get after the quarterback. But I could also see him having that rookie year where it's like, damn, man, where where's, where, where's Big Denim been half this year? I didn't even notice him as much as I hoped. You know, that's kind of how rookie years go sometimes, especially for an interior type big body player like this. I'm going to have to go under five and a half sacks for Big Denim, but I think in year two, three is where you'll see him jump off. And he may be the understudy for Trey Flowers. They may kind of get him rolling on playing DN inside, you know, doing those type of movement type things. And then he may play that role. I think it's a lot of garbage that they're saying that they're going to play Trey Flowers as a stand-up outside linebacker. I think he's going to be defensive end, a big-bodied defensive end. I think that's what Levi is as well when it comes down to it. But he's got that great ability to, to be classified almost as a DT because, yeah, you are going to want to play him inside or play him on the edge on those three-man fronts. But, uh, yeah, Big Denim, you know, under 5.5 is a rook, but uh, he's going to have to be a ball player for the Lions, and I'm just curious to see him. There's no question. All right, uh, let me jump down. I'm just going to... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go scatter shot. I'm gonna go down a little bit on my list here that I made pretty quick here for you. I'm gonna do an either or. This is who you. Who do you want? This guy or that guy? And the first one I put down was Ao. You know who he is. Our cornerback, Amani, Oyewariye, or Quint Dunbar. Now. Everybody knows I'm big on Okuda, Mr. Okuda this year, having a nice bounce back year, being that top flight corner. Hopefully he'll travel with the number one guy or he'll just be locked down on whatever side he's he's playing. But the other corner is like, is it going to be AO or is it going to be Dunbar? And AO is my guy, man. I've repped him. I, I also have set decent expectations for him that I don't expect him to be an all-world everything but he's got a great opportunity here to start but I'm here to tell you that if I gotta go either or I'm gonna go with Quentin Dunbar as my other starting corner this guy was really good a couple years ago in Washington went out to Seattle had some injury issues I believe but I think he might edge him out just based on I mean he's wearing the number one I mean that's a swaggy number for a corner He's long, he's got game, he's got a track record. I might put him opposite Mr. Okuda to start, but (laughs) here's the other either or. If I'm going with Dunbar over AO, am I going with Dunbar over Iffy? Iffy Melifanwu out there at corner. I mean, gosh, that's a tough one for me. I mean, I'm still projecting Iffy to be a ball player. I expect him to play early. I expect him to be fun to watch. But I think you can move Iffy around. I think they're going to play him more at safety than we expect. I think they're going to play him in this as like a slot corner, matching up with, with tight ends and, and running backs to some degree, slot receivers. 
So it's crazy. My boy AO could go from being a number two that a lot of people have him at to I could see Dunbar and Mr. Okuda in the outside if he playing that slot corner safety type role. And AO being a four, which that's really not a bad thing. AO is long. He has a great college pedigree. He's fun to watch. He's a good kid. He's come along. He makes plays when he's out there on the football field. So if AO's bopping down to your four, that's actually a really good thing for the Lions because the Lions have always had one or two and then nobody behind them. So if you got two or three guys in front of a guy like AO, hey, that's youth, that's ability, that's a good thing. So that's going to be my my either-ors right there. All right, I'm going to jump back up to my my over-unders. And how about this one? Three sacks given up or less by the number seven selection, Penne Sewell, going to be playing right tackle. He's been a left tackle, um, premier left tackle in college there at Oregon. Will he give up three or more sacks here in his rookie year? Ah, This is a tough one again for me. I really like Penne Sewell as a player. I've been on record saying that I'm okay if it takes him a little bit to learn the right side. He's going to have to play there as long as Taylor Decker is good to go. So there may be some early struggles. What's funny is is when you really look at really good tackles, they really they don't give up a ton of pressures or a ton of sacks. You know, if you're giving up, you know, a handful of sacks a year, that's really a a down year or can be a real big issue because it only takes one or two sacks to get your quarterback crushed and uh, create some problems. And every time you give up a sack, especially if it's a clean, the fan base and everybody's going to recognize that. So. With all that being said, I mean, again, I think the kid's going to be dominant in the pass game and the run blocking and the screen blocking game. But, yeah, I think I think when it's all said and done and pro football focus has their numbers, yeah, there's probably going to be three guys that kind of get around him or he, he's credited with giving up three sacks. But I don't think it's going to be those Olay sacks where he just totally misses a block and just gets Jared Goff, you know, cremated. I think that's going to be kind of those – those hustle sacks where Penny Sewell either gets a little off balance or the guy gets around him and then Jerichoff holds it a bit longer and uh, they end up getting him and it's going to be credited as such. So, yeah, I'll go over the three, but I still think Penny Sewell is going to be a great ball player, fun to watch for an offensive lineman as an offensive lineman here in 2021. Let's jump back down to my either-ors. Either-or. Deshaun Hand or Big Denim. Now, Deshaun Hand's kind of getting lost in the shuffle. It's like everybody forgot about him. Played really good his first year. He's been kind of down and injured the last couple. I mean, I'm projecting a bounce back for Deshaun Hand. I really am. I think that Levi, again, is going to learn under him and Trey Flowers inside-outside, as well as Michael Brocker is going to kind of take Levi under his wing as well. And I'm going to go with Sean Hand here. I really am. I think the guy knows it's kind of make or break for himself. I think that he's got the talent. He looks really like a quality player in the jersey. He's just got to stay healthy, and they got to use him properly. And I don't think they've let him get after the QB enough or just do what he does best. I mean, the guy's explosive. He, he he's kind of hit or miss like as a college player you know he came out as a really high high school pedigree and 
even out of college. I remember some draft experts were like, ah, he doesn't have any bend. I don't like him. He's not athletic. And then some people were like, man, what a great pick in the fourth round by the Lions. And then he came out and really played well that first year. So give me Deshaun Hand in this either or. Again, just slow playing the rookie a little bit, but also like one, if Hand jumps up and, and Levi takes a little bit longer, that's better for the Detroit Lions in the long run if they could then, you know, get a nice deal done. I, Sean Hand's a younger type guy that I'd like to keep around, you know, rather than have him have another down year and the team just move on from him. I think he can play. I know there's a couple publications saying that he may be the cut candidate for the Lions just because they have so many people up front. They may just move on from him before this season. I sure hope that doesn't happen. So give me to Sean Hand both in that either or as well as having a nice year here for the Lions. Jumping back up to my over-unders, let's go with Tyrell Williams, basically the number one receiver for the Lions. 750-plus yards this year. It's another tough one for me. I mean, to me, 750 for a number one and a guy that will probably get a lot of footballs his way and some deep balls doesn't seem like a ton to me. But the guy's had injury issues. He's, He's definitely a wild card. I got to go over. I got to go over 750 for Tyrell. I'd like him in that 8, 850, you know, type range when it's all said and done, if not higher. I'd like to see him find the end zone more than expected, you know, sometimes for a receiver. You you might have a 4-5 touchdown type season. You might have two touchdowns, but you also might blow up for 10. I would hope Tyrell's somewhere in the middle, like give him 5-7 to would be my sweet spot number if I had to throw it out there. Like give him five or six touchdowns and 800 yards. That'd be nice. I think there's going to be opportunities for him if he can stay on the football field. I also think the Lions might find themselves down in a few football games where they got to throw it around the yard. That'll be some nice extra yards and extra catches for him. So I'm going to go over 750-plus for Tyrell. Let's just stick with the wide receivers here in my over-under. Quintez Cephas. I put him at 500-plus and five touchdowns. And I don't I don't know. This is, is going to be a split for me. I'm going to cheat on this one. I'm going to give him... I'm going to give him over 500 yards because I think people are sleeping on him that he could come in. They just think he's going to be nothing. I think Quintez could come in and, and push Perriman to be that number two. And we all know that St. Brown is going to kind of probably win that slot role from day one. So let's say Cephas takes snaps away from Perriman and, you know, he's the top guy and Perriman is the, the deep threat and the guy that, you know, plays a role on the team. You know, Quintez to me can get over 500, but I don't know that I see him scoring over five touchdowns when I got Hawk at at eight and a half, so nine plus. I got Tyrell at, you know, six. You're hoping that that Swizzle finds the end zone, both run and pass quite a bit. You got Jamal Williams in here. You know, so I'm going to give him over 500 as a surprise because most people aren't going to put him there just because they think he's going to be four or five on the depth chart. But I'm not going to have him find the end zone five times. I think Quintez type of guy this year that might find it two to three times. And that'd still be a nice year for him, in my opinion. Anywhere from five to 600 yards in the low range and, and a couple touchdowns, two to three touchdowns. I'd be for that as a nice little step forward for the second-year player as well as, you know, how does he get those yards? Is it is it underneath? Does he run after catch? Does he make a couple deep plays? I'm really curious to see. So... 
we will see what Quintez has here in 2021. Let's go back into a few either-ors. How, how about Trey Flowers or Julian Okwara? And I put this one out there, and people are probably like, what? Like, you know, and the reason I did is because Trey Flowers making like 18-plus million. He's been okay. He hasn't been great. And I just think it'd be real fun to have the Aquaras coming off the edge. Now, I think last year it was more like when when Romeo was out there, Julian was kind of playing that off-ball backer, come off the edge type. I didn't see many times they were opposite each other, but that's just intriguing for me. And Julian Aquara is a much better outside linebacker type player that can play with his hand in the dirt or play standing up. So if they are going to like look for Trey to do that, then I almost lean more to Julian on this, you know, question as maybe getting more playing time or just being the guy that I would go with as an overall prospect in this situation. But if I got to pick either or, I'm gonna go with Trey. I mean, I hope I I do like how thick he is. I do like the fact that he plays his assignments. I think he's had some nice hu- hustle sacks. He also has some nice some nice hand placement game where he can get his hands on you and he just has a couple nice rip moves and things where he's he's perfected them and that's why he got paid the way he did. I think he can still excel, not in the uh, New England or the Matt Patricia scheme. So I'm going to go with the big boy, the big paid guy, Trey Flowers, to hopefully have a really nice year for the Lions and, and be my either-or pick over Julian. But julian me and every detroit lions fan out there we got you circled bro as like we need to see a big leap forward we need to see you and your big bro making plays i want to see okwara and okwara doing damage on the quarterback i want to see you rushing the passer dropping in coverage i want to see you blitzing up the middle from the linebacker spot i want to see you with your hand down being able to rip and just speed burst around some of these tackles I just need to see a big overall game. I don't even care what your numbers are. I don't care what kind of big sack or sack numbers, tackles. I want to notice you out on the football field. I want to see you out there for 14 ball games. And I want to see you being productive, being impactful. Took you in the third round, and I didn't even notice you last year. So um, give me Trey, but give me a big old uh, motivational speech there for Julie and hopefully make some plays. My next either or, how about Hal Vitae at right guard? Or do you want to see Logan Stenberg jump up and win this job and give the Lions the opportunity to put Hal Vitae on the bench or to possibly get rid of him as soon as possible? Like, in this situation, I, I mean, didn't see anything from the guy. Everyone's already written him off. I'd be much happier if we get all these glowing reports out of training camp and Logan Stenberg takes that right guard job. I, I, I think... My perfect scenario, even though I don't have this on my list, is like if they do end up keeping Tyrell Crosby, I kind of like Crosby to be the right guard and Penny Sewell to be the right tackle. I feel like they would have better chemistry, be better, you know, their friends in real life. I think that'd be a better mix. Hal Vitae is just a, a big, you know, I don't know. He seemed like a big goof to me last year. Like he was, he'd make a few plays, but, but he just seemed sloppy to me and I didn't like his game. I mean, big guy, can anchor, can bully you at times, but I just didn't like it. So I feel like Stenberg, younger player, you know, nasty mentality, you know, maybe put him next to uh, Penny Sewell and just maul people. 
you know, just make sure Logan Stenberg's not getting, you know, five, you know, unnecessary roughnesses during the year. I think you'd be okay. You got to see what you got in the kids. So give me Stenberg in that one. Let me jump back up to my over-unders. How about Jay Swaggy, Jamal Williams? I put him at 600 rushing. Now, you're thinking, man, you're gonna have you're gonna have Swift at over 1,300 all-purpose, and you're gonna give Swaggy 600 plus. I don't know, man. That's like that's like 2,000 yards almost coming out of your running back position. I mean, I probably can't do that. So if I'm going to be so high on on Swizzle, I guess I got to go less on Jamal Williams. I mean, if Jamal Williams comes around four, five hundred, you know, hundred or so catching, two hundred catching, whatever it is, six hundred total yards, and if, and some touchdowns, I'd be all for that. But gosh, six hundred yards on the ground is not much. I mean, gosh, I just don't know how they're gonna split that up. I really don't. I hate to give Jamal less than six hundred. Oh man, I want to go under, but. Just because this is B L E A V, believe in Lions. Let's go. Let's go over 600 rushing yards for Jamal Williams. Um, he he seems real excited. 600 is what like 30, 40 yards a game. I think he can average that across the season. I think you're gonna see a few big games from Jamal Williams, and I hope it's not too. If Swift go down with injury, I hope it's just all of a sudden you know one week Jamal Williams is the guy. Puts up some great numbers, looks great, exciting, helps us win a few football games. I'd be all about it. I'm really looking forward to seeing him in a uniform, how they use him. And who knows? For all we know, Jamal Williams might be a a big-time running back, as I said earlier, and Swift might be used way more in the passing game than we think. So I can't wait to see what they do. I got a fun few either-ors here at the end. How about either the throwbacks or the black jerseys? Now, I'm asking everybody out there, throwing it out there, but everybody knows, has heard me before. The Detroit Lions throwbacks, the blue jerseys with the big block, you know, gray, silver numbers, plain silver, gray helmets. The greatest throwbacks of all time. They're just so simple. They're so clean. They're so old school. They're so great. I mean, those are my jerseys, no doubt about it. Now, Some people love the black jerseys, and some people hate the black jerseys. I think I'm halfway in between, because (laughs) for some reason, I think they look horrible with, like, the silver pants and the silver helmet. I've also seen some mock-ups of, like, a black helmet and black socks, and that looks horrible, too. But the jersey itself, for some reason, like, I don't know. I just don't mind it. I I think that it's, it's... it's very it's a decent like third or fourth alternate and and here's a hot take for everybody i think the nfl sooner than later is going to be going to what the nfl is doing you know they're bringing back those secondary helmets here in the next i think next year don't be surprised if in like the next you know two to five years NFL teams have like five or six jerseys that they wear through through a season, you know. Yeah, there's tradition. I know a lot of people, you know, they don't want to mess with the classic uniforms. I get it. But when it comes to marketing and business and selling, like the NFL or the NBA is doing crazy things with all their jersey combos they're throwing out there. 
I'd see the NFL want a piece of that too. So they're not going to get as crazy as the NBA where you just got teams and colors you would never want them to be in. You've got street jerseys, city jerseys, whatever they call them. You've got, you know, theme jerseys like what the Miami Vice jerseys that the Heat wear. I mean, they're not going to get that crazy, but I could see, you know, the main one, the main couple, the throwbacks, and a, and a couple alternates for each team that they can go to, you know, almost – as they wish rather than having all these rules or you can only wear this twice and you got to wear this, you know, on road games. I, I could see them throwing some of those rules out the window. So keep an eye on that as well. But give me the throwbacks all day, every day, basically against any jersey across the board. And, and definitely I take them over the black jerseys, no question. Either or, this is an interesting one. TJ Hawkinson, based on what we know now, or Devin Bush, based on what we know now. Now, I say that because when the draft happened, I had a lot of, you know, Detroit Lions fans that wanted to tell you how they should have taken Devin Bush out of Michigan. They needed a linebacker. He came in. He had that dynamic year for Pittsburgh. But then the last year or so, he's been hurt. So it's kind of like, you know, we're talking about right now. TJ Hawkinson looks like a top 3-4 tight end in the game. The young number one young tight end under 25 years old. And Devin Bush, you don't know what you got. Do you got a dynamic tackling machine or do you got an injury-prone guy like he somewhat was in college? So I'm going to go with give me TJ Hawkinson. Now, some people will tell you tight end is a luxury spot. It's a position you fill last on your team. You can get away with a bunch of blocking, you know, tackling dummies. I don't think so. I've been a proponent more of like tight end and some of these speed receivers as the new NFL. So I wasn't against them taking Hawkinson. I was really frustrated his rookie year because I didn't think they used him well. I didn't think he made as many plays as he should have. And then he came up with the injury, kind of missed his last few games as well. So very disappointing rookie year. But he came back and just totally outshined that with Pro Bowl and everything he did. So give me Hawkinson moving forward because I can go find linebackers in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. I can't find a dynamic tight end outside the top three rounds really I mean there have been you know I I can't remember if Kittle was a fifth round guy or what and there's been some but a lot of teams are taking those top first second or third round tight ends trying to get that that you know mismatch nightmare getting a guy that's just uncoverable or a guy that can make plays after the catch a guy that can rip the seam and uh, make plays and I think Hawkinson could do all those things so give me Hawkinson uh, based on what we know now over Devin Bush let's go with Jared Goff or a rookie quarterback in 2022 now, I've been on record saying the Lions aren't going to be the number one pick in 2022. Don't believe what you read, all these crazy publications or Vegas or whoever. If they were, which they won't be, but if they were, and Spencer Rattler is there, I think he's going to be an ultra-special talent once all said and done, so that would intrigue me. You know, Howell from UNC looks like an interesting prospect as well, um, kind of a dynamic quarterback. He's got some He's got some Baker Mayfield in him. Um, but I, if they're not up in those top few or there's not one of these dynamic, no-doubt guys, I'm rolling with Jared Goff this year and next year, and and I think he's going to play very above average this year. There's going to be lots of reasons to bring him back. So unless your team just 
really underperforms and you just cannot pass on this guy. And even if you can, maybe Jared Goff is the guy that stays while you get this kid up to speed. And then if Goff has injury issues or if he falls off the table really bad, then you bring the kid in. So I'm going with Goff over a rookie QB in 2022, unless you're picking in the top three for whatever reason. And then one of those top guys will probably be there. And I don't think you can pass him up. So, and my final one, my finer either or is wins for the Detroit Lions in 2021. The old gimmick used to be that you started at 10 W's and work your way up. I mean, this team is rebuilding, retooling. We've got 17 games now. I'm going to put the over under for my Lions here in 2021. At seven, um, seven W's over under. I feel like that's a, a low number, but I could see it being a struggle during the year. I think they're going to be fun to watch. I'm going to go over seven. I B-L-E-A-V in the Lions to go over seven, but I'm not going to go much over. I think it's going to be eight, nine, somewhere in there, maybe even seven, you know, where they just, uh, they even it out. And, uh, but it's going to be a fun seven, eight, nine wins this season. You're definitely going to have some losses in there. And I, I think they'll be in the middle of the pack, hopefully in the division. That's really what I'm hoping for. And, uh, I B-L-E-A-V, I believe that can happen this year. So, um, there you go, everybody. That's my over-unders that's my either ors and that's my believe in lines for this week so everybody i hope you had a great holiday hope i gave you some stuff to think about some uh i love your opinions you can find me on twitter at Derek okri that's d-e-r-e-k-o-k-r-i-e send me your opinions of what i hit on what i really missed on um send me your questions i'll, I'll read them on the show i'll, I'll read your handle But until then, I'll catch you next week right here on Believe, B-L-E-A-V and Lions. Take care, everybody. I'm out. Say it with me. I love the Lions. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.